Well, good morning. I trust that you have decided to follow Jesus. Of course, that is the most important decision that anyone could make in all of their life. And of course, it wouldn't make a bit of sense at all to turn back, regardless of who else makes the choice to follow Jesus. Lord, thank you this morning for our salvation. Let's open in prayer this morning, please. Father, I do thank you this morning for my salvation. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ here in our church. I thank you for uh, my family and especially the ones who know uh, Christ as their savior and who are a loving spiritual encouragement. Uh, Lord, we thank you this morning for your words and we thank you for the privilege that we have this morning to open uh, our King James Bible, your very words translated uh, into English and preserved therein for us. Father, I pray that we would treasure, that we would treasure your words this morning, and Lord, that you would uh, work in them, Father, to encourage us and to correct us, Lord, to edify us. Help me now, Father. I most certainly need your help. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank Zachary for uh, his lesson uh, series over the past several weeks. It was a uh, wonderful help and encouragement to me. I hope you took full advantage of listening and getting notes down. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, to please uh, listen through that four lesson series dealing with Islam and Christianity. Uh, you can find it on our website. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, so it's available. I would encourage you to take a look. So this morning, I want to begin not really a series per se, but I want to begin a series, uh, <laughs> I will say, uh, looking at three short books in the New Testament, uh, and that would sort of be the, the common theme, short books that we might tend to overlook if we're not careful, or might tend to not give them the time that they deserve as God's words. And and so this morning, I would like to uh, begin uh, a three-week series looking at short books of Scripture, uh, beginning here in 2 John. 2 John. I should have told you the book sooner. Uh, but please turn, if you would, this morning to the book of 2 John. Uh, it's one chapter. It's 13 verses. Uh, it's toward the end of the New Testament, <laughs> if you're not sure. Uh, but please do turn there this morning to 2 John. I want to begin this morning, this is Sunday School, so we can take a time, uh, a bit of time, just a bit, considering some of the uh, introductory uh, topics related to uh, a book. And introductory topics would be uh, things like who is the author, to whom was it written, uh, challenging a little bit in that area this morning, uh, when was it written, what are the themes, and then we'll, we'll jump in quickly uh, and look verse by verse uh, as we do. Uh, the, the author this morning, the, the human penman at least, of course these are God's words, uh, is John the Apostle. John, John the Apostle. Uh, this same John, um, of course, penned five books of the New Testament. Of course, uh, John penned one of the four Gospels, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And if I call John you and ask you to raise your hands, you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, I know he also... Uh, had the privilege to pen down the book of Revelation, and you'd be correct. Uh, who is this John? He's the brother of James. We see that in Matthew 4. Uh, Jesus called John and James uh, sons of thunder uh, in Mark 3. You may recall that. 
Uh, John, of course, was a disciple of John the Baptist. Uh, we see that in his gospel. Uh, he had the privilege to uh, be discipled by John the Baptist. Of course, you understand that John the Apostle uh, and John the Baptist are two different men. That's important to keep in mind. Uh, John, uh, the apostle, the, the penman of our book this morning, our letter, uh, was one of the first disciples called of Christ. We see that uh, in Matthew 4. So we had the privilege to be among the first who are called. Uh, Luke uh, calls him an apostle. Uh, he was named an apostle, and certainly he met the biblical criteria to be considered an apostle. Uh, and as a, an apostle, he appears to be uh, part of the Lord's inner circle. He was present with James and Peter at Christ's transfiguration, uh, and so seems to be part of that innermost circle uh, of the Lord. And uh, that's probably not a surprise given how the Lord has used John uh, after his earthly ministry, uh, after the Lord's ascension into heaven. Uh, the Lord has used John greatly, uh, I, I believe we could see as a pastor, but also as a penman of Scripture. Again, he's had the privilege to be used of the Lord to pen down uh, five of, of the books of the New Testament. So uh, certainly uh, the Apostle John is a significant figure uh, in the New Testament, a humble man for sure, but a, but a significant figure, greatly used of God, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout his earthly ministry and thereafter. Well, some of the purposes then of this book, we'll see this morning that uh, in just uh, 13 short verses, uh, some words are used more than others. We'll see Christ referenced four times, the Father four times, the word God four times. Okay, so the Lord uh, is really at the center of his word. We understand that he's the source of his word and he's the subject of his words. But uh, usually there's some uh, themes beyond that. And we'll see here this morning that the words love and truth also appear four times each in this short book. So uh, this book deals uh, with love and truth. We might say the relationship uh, between them. We'll see in verse 4 the Lord's encouragement to be people who are walking in truth walking according to God's words uh, in God's grace with the Lord's help. And of course, a believer can do that. Uh, we'll see, especially in verses five and six, the Lord encouraging his people to uh, walk in Christian love. Of course, the Lord has called us um, it, through the truth of his word to walk in love, uh, lo vertically toward the Lord and horizontally toward each other. And we can, uh, because of Christ and uh, because of the, the Holy Spirit who indwells us the moment we place our faith in Christ. We understand that. We'll see also again that uh, even in a short letter like this one, uh, Paul takes up a difficult topic such as the, the, the false teachings of the past and, and present in some of the cults today uh, that denied the human nature of Christ. And of course, throughout history, uh, the doctrine of Christ or Christology has been uh, attacked uh, of the enemy and there have been people who have been willing to take up, I believe, demonic influence regarding the person and, and nature of Christ and to build cults around these wrong ideas. So uh, even in a short letter like this, we'll see John attack uh, the, uh, the false teaching 
that um, Christ didn't have a human nature, that he didn't come physically. Of course, he came physically, still God, but came as a man uh, with a physical body. That was important uh, because really he came to die on the cross for us. He came to shed very real blood for us. Uh, he had to be uh, a tangible, physical offering made upon the cross. And so uh, John will, um, in, in not many words, but, but certainly uh, in a few words, attack the false teaching. One of the false teachings regarding the nature of Christ uh, that was circulating uh, even in the first century. So uh, with that said, I'm, I'm going to pray and we'll jump in and take a look here this morning at these verses. Let's pray. Father, thank you again this morning for your words. Lord, thank you for uh, this short letter, this short epistle, uh, no doubt, uh, no less important than any other part of the Bible. Lord, help us to be a people who have a, a hunger, a thirst, a desire for all of your words and, and to not skip over uh, these several short books uh, in the New Testament. Lord, we understand that they are your words and you have seen fit to inscripturate them and to preserve them because we need them. Lord, of course, we do need them, and I thank you for them this morning. I pray that you will use me now to communicate these words that are your truth, that we might build, be built up and edified in, in the areas of uh, walking in truth and love. And Lord, also understanding the, um, the, the dual nature of Christ. He is 100% God and 100% man, and most certainly came most certainly came with a physical body. Lord, use me now. Help us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's just jump right in here. You're in 1 John chapter 1. Uh, let's look at the language that John uses as he addresses uh, this letter. Uh, he says in, in verse 1, uh, the elder lady, the elder, um, forgive me, the elder, so he's referring to himself as the elder. Remember, that word is used as pastor, as a reference to the office of pastor, together with uh, bishop and pastor. Uh, it refers to, to someone who is uh, mature, and, and, and surely John is writing toward the end of his, his earthly ministry, <laughs> his, his own time upon the earth. Uh, no doubt he's an older man at this point, and he has uh, come to relative maturity uh, throughout time. So he calls himself here the elder. Uh, he's writing unto uh, this phrase, the elect lady and her children. Now, I will, I will say to you this morning that I've had no trouble uh, viewing John th throughout the years, if I, as I've read and studied this, this short book, this short letter, I've had no trouble accepting that this is a literal lady uh, to whom John is writing. He's writing to a literal lady, a woman. She's called elect among those who the Lord knew would come to Christ uh, and to her children. And, and that may well be the case. I've more recently been challenged to consider the possibility that that's poetic language that may refer to a church, uh, to a church and its members. That's an interesting possibility. Uh, I don't know uh, for sure. Uh, it is a possibility. I would not rule that out. Uh, one man has offered that if he is in fact using this language as a reference to a church uh, and to its members, 
uh, that would help address some of the concern that sometimes creeps into our hearts about the appropriateness of this letter. And uh, sometimes people look at the content of the letter and, and wondered, is it really appropriate uh, for John to write all the things that he's writing to a literal woman? Well, I would say this, if God is the one who has given these words to John to send to this particular Christian lady, it's entirely appropriate. Uh, nonetheless, it is an interesting possibility that he may be writing to a church uh, and to its members. And in the final verse of, of the book, of the letter, we see uh, a reference to her elect sister. And it may literally be a sister, a saved sister, uh, or it could be a reference to a, a sister church and to its members. That's an interesting possibility for you to consider. In any event, we know that John is writing to one or more saved people, uh, and he's writing to share a particular aspect of uh, God's truth regarding our walk in Christ, uh, God's truth regarding what he desires uh, in our lives as we walk with the Lord as saved people. Well, what, what can we say about that? The theme emerges very quickly. In the second part of the first verse, uh, John encourages them by expressing um, his love in the truth. Uh, see the second part of verse 1. He says, uh, whom I love in the truth. Whom I love in the truth. So he's expressing his love uh, for this lady. Uh, and, and again, this is where some people wonder, wonder about the, the nature of, of the person to whom he's writing. I, is it a church? Uh, well, he's... We, we might say to each other, hey, I love you in the Lord. You're not saying I have a romantic interest in you, but you're saying that you choose to love that person as God has commanded us to love one another, to demonstrate love to one another. And, and perhaps that's all that's in view here. He says, whom I love in the truth, and not I only but also all they that have known the truth. Well, what I see here is uh, a believer encouraging one or more other believers uh, that, that he chooses to demonstrate and to communicate Christian love uh, toward that person. He says, I love you in the truth. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, all they that have known the truth love you as well. That's wonderful encouragement. Uh, a short note here to express uh, a, a loving, Christ-like concern and care uh, for another person. What a, what a wonderful example. Uh, I've encouraged uh, our church members uh, multiple times over the years, and, and I think recently as well, uh, to always be communicating encouragement to each other. And boy, one of the most impactful ways to do that is, is to send a note. There's something in this digital age, there's something about, there's something uh, special about receiving a handwritten note in the mail uh, in, in which you express encouragement, loving uh, encouragement. John says that he's writing to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. Uh, his love for them is in the truth. It is according to the truth of God and his words. And I think recently I've, I've mentioned uh, that I've done a study on, on truth, the truth of God, the truth of his words recently. And uh, I love this phrase, a simple phrase, a simple 
grammatical observation, very often the Bible will use the, the, the phrase, the truth. Uh, there, there are not many versions of truth that are equally valid that you get to pick and choose from. Uh, there is one version of truth that is applicable and binding upon all men of all time, regardless of your circumstances. That does not change depending on where you live or when you live or what circumstances you're in. The Bible is God's the truth. It is the absolute truth. It is the unchanging truth. It is relevant and applicable to all people of all time, regardless of our circumstances. Uh, that phrase, the truth, appears uh, at least 87 times in Scripture. And it's not a truth, it's the truth. So uh, John's truth for them is in the truth, it's according to the truth. It's a godly, uh, loving uh, encouragement here that is being directed, that he's being encouraged by the truth of God's words. Uh, Jesus uh, prayed in John 17, 17, he prayed to the Father, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And no doubt John here is loving, uh, and, and well, I want to say encouraging, uh, encouraging, He's, his desire is to encourage uh, according to the truth of God's words and expressing a, a loving, caring, Christ-like concern for each other uh, is to love according to the truth. The Lord desires this. He desires this. And, and the Lord is giving us an example of his command uh, to demonstrate love to each other here in this book. John is writing and lovingly communicating his love in the truth uh, for um, the elect lady and her children. He also shares that they are loved by all they that have known the truth, and that would be a wonderful encouragement as well. Look at verse uh, 2, please. Uh, he goes on and he, he expresses why, why he's doing this. Obviously, he's writing to encourage, but he has a greater purpose here. He indicates that he has expressed his love, quote, for the truth's sake. Look at verse 2. He says, for the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Now, Brother Ray, it's possible that he is literally referring to truth, uh, the truth of God, the truth of God's words. Uh, perhaps he's literally referring to God's words being in us uh, and shall be with us forever. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. I think here, uh, the, 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 for the truth's sake, uh, this truth that dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Zach, that seems to be more of a reference to Christ himself, doesn't it? Uh, he's writing to encourage this lady, yes, to be an encouragement to her, but he's also doing this for the Lord's sake. Uh, he understands the Lord has commanded us uh, to demonstrate love to each other, and the Lord is pleased by our obedience uh, and so it would seem to be the case that he's saying, I'm writing to encourage you, to lovingly encourage you in the truth of God's words uh, for the sake of the Lord who is called the truth. Um, you may recall back in John's gospel, same writer, uh, John recorded that Christ described himself as the truth. Uh, in John 14 and verse 6, of course, uh, Jesus said, I'm the way, the way, the truth, and the life. 
Uh, in John 15, Jesus called himself the true vine. So uh, the Lord has called himself the truth, and uh, here John seems to be saying, I'm, I'm writing, yes, to encourage you, but also because I want to please my Savior who's commanded me to be a loving encouragement uh, to others. He's doing it for the truth's sake, uh, here truth being, I believe, a poetic reference to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Well, see verse 3. Uh, he continues his greeting here, and it's uh, sort of Paul-like uh, in its construction. Uh, look at verse 3 with me, please. He says, grace be with you, uh, the grace of God, mercy and peace from, he says, God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. And then this uh, final phrase of verse 3, look there, Here's our theme again. Uh, so that's sort of a, a typical Pauline, Paul-like greeting. But then John appends to that uh, kind of the focus of, of the letter. He says, in truth and love. So he's writing in truth uh, and, and love. And uh, he's sort of appending the theme of the letter to the greeting here. And, you know, if you were, think back to how you were taught to write an essay uh, back in elementary school or maybe even high school, you, you would have a thesis statement up near the top, uh, and, and John seems to be doing that here as well. He's writing in truth and love. This will be the theme. This is the thesis, uh, if you will, of his letter. Well, he goes on in verse 4. He shares his joy uh, that uh, the woman's children, the lady's children, are walking in truth. Perhaps this is literal lady and literal children. Perhaps it's a church uh, and its members. But uh, John is thrilled. John is thrilled to see these individuals walking in truth, walking according to the truth of the words of the one who is called the truth. Of course, Christ is called the word, and he is called the truth. He's thrilled to see these people walking according to the truth of God's words, uh, in truth of Christ's words. Uh, and so in love, he's writing to encourage, hey, this rejoices me. He says in verse 4, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. Uh, listen, you can go through life focusing on all kinds of negative things, coronavirus, politics, uh, this mess, that mess, and, and focus on those things. Or you can choose to see uh, the wonderful things that God is doing in the lives of his people in the midst of great trials. And I'll tell you what, you don't have to look too far to see people growing uh, and, and, and people encouraging one another and to see God working to encourage uh, his people. You can choose to be depressed uh, and, and focus on the, the difficult parts of all the trials that we're in the midst of still, or you can choose to say, God, you're working, uh, and I rejoice in that. And, and, and John is doing the latter here. He's rejoicing. Uh, he's rejoicing to see uh, people walking according to the word of God. He's sharing that. It's a bit of a testimony, but it's also an encouragement uh, to this mother, whether it's a mother church or a specific literal individual, he's writing to share this encouragement, and, and what a wonderful encouragement that would be. May I encourage you this morning to focus on what God is doing in trials 
what he is accomplishing rather than focusing on the trial and the difficulty of the trial. Boy, you can rejoice if you'll focus on what the Lord is accomplishing. Well, he goes on in verse 5 and, and shares encouragement uh, to obey the Lord's command that we love one another. Now, let me read the verse, then I'll say a couple of things about it. Verse 5 says this. He says, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, uh, that we love one another, that we love one another. Um, and one thing I love about this is that before John reminds before he just goes, writes out and, and says, listen, I need to share this uh, encouragement, you be reminded that we're, we're called to love one another, uh, John demonstrates that. He, he does it. He, he lives it. He's already demonstrated love. He's already done what he's encouraging uh, her, uh, his recipients, to do. What a great example. You know, you, you're going to have a hard time uh, encouraging someone to obey some part of God's word unless you yourself are already doing that. Uh, so I appreciate that John has taken a couple of sentences, a few verses here, uh, to do what he is reminding her that God would have us to do, that we love one another, that we demonstrate love to one another, that we take time to do for each other, that we not stay focused on ourselves, but that we be aware of the needs of others, and that we be reminded that other people need encouragement. And may I say this morning, especially now, especially in the midst of the kind of difficulties that we're facing uh, today, people need encouragement, especially now. Uh, and so here we have the Lord uh, burdening John, inspiring him to, to, to uh, not only demonstrate love, but to remind her to do the same. Well, back in John 13, verse 34, John records Jesus' words. He says, A new commandment that I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. In John 15 and verse 12, John records Jesus' statement, This is my commandment, that ye, you all, love one another uh, as I have loved you. Over and over again, uh, the Lord uh, commanded and, and reminded uh, and encourage that we be in the business of demonstrating love one to another. Zach, why, why did the Lord have to keep reminding and commanding? And why does John uh, have to write and, and remind in, in, of the Lord's commandment? Well, it's because we don't do this naturally. Uh, we don't naturally stay in the business of demonstrating love uh, to one another. We naturally uh, tend to turn in upon ourselves and to become self-focused again and self-serving and uh, more about loving ourselves than about loving others and, and loving the Lord. And uh, this is not <laughs> this Lord's desire that we constantly be reminded of his command to demonstrate love to one another and be in the business of receiving his grace to obey that command. In 1 John 3 and verse 23, John writes, this is his command, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, we've skipped over 1 John and gone right to 2 John, but you recall, I'm sure, that in 1 John, John was very much in the business of reminding uh, Christians uh, to be in the business of loving one another, and he, he points to that as one of several examples of 
proof that someone is saved, one of several evidences that someone is saved. Listen, if you're genuinely saved, uh, you are genuinely able to demonstrate love to others because that is available to us, uh, thankfully, uh, through the Spirit of God. Galatians 5, we have the fruit of the Spirit. The first one on the list, as you, uh, I'm sure, remember, is love. If you're saved, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. If you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit and yielded to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces, brings forth uh, love in our spirit. And so that becomes a, um, a reservoir, if you will, of love that is available for us to draw on and to share with others. I'm so thankful this morning that what God commands, he enables I'm so thankful this morning that uh, it is because of Christ <laughs> and the salvation that we know in Christ, and really, honestly, only because of him that we can obey any of the Lord's words. Uh, it's because of the salvation that we know in Christ and because of the Spirit of God, the, the same Spirit that Jesus prayed the Father would send, that we may love. Let's continue, please. In verse 6, John reminds that to love is to walk after his commandments. So uh, let's see the verse. Verse 6 says this, and this is love. This is love. You, look, you need a definition of love? Well, here it is, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, uh, ye should walk in it. Now listen, you understand what it's like to, oh, forgive me, what it means to demonstrate love to one another. Uh, you, you be reminded, please, this morning, the word is sometimes translated charity. And we understand charity, that word, uh, involves doing for others. So love is not just a ooh, ooh, ah, ah, I love you in my heart. It is a, it is a uh, there's that. Certainly there should be an emotional component to believers' love for one another. But it's more than that. It involves doing. John is doing by writing this letter of encouragement. This is an example of biblical love, love in action, charity. Now, that's the horizontal love that I referenced earlier to one another. But there's also loving of the Lord, uh, our call to love the Lord. Uh, remember, because he first loved us. Uh, the Father sent the Son. He, he, the Lord loved us so much that he sent his only begotten Son. Boy, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Uh, what does it mean, how does the Bible define the love that we are called to exercise to the Lord? Well, the Lord says, um, if you love me, obey me. To love me is to obey me. Uh, I've said recently, I'll say again this morning, uh, don't say that you love the Lord unless you have a heart to obey the Lord. Because anything else would be wrong. Uh, whether it's a lie or not is up to you. <laughs> you know, but... Um, if, if you love the Lord, you, you have a heart to obey the Lord, and of course you're looking to the Lord for grace to obey him. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. This is love that we walk after his commandments. Uh, back in John, the Gospel of John 14 and verse 15, John records Jesus' statement, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. In the same chapter, in verse 21, uh, Jesus says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. 
And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. In 1 John chapter 5, and verse 3, John writes, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. That is what it means to love God, to keep his commandments, to obey him. Uh, listen, it's a hard thing. Uh, it's a hard thing. We need a Savior because we have all fallen short. We have all broken his commandments. Uh, and yet to love him is to obey him. Uh, when you came to the Lord, you repented of sin. You, you expressed a desire to turn from sin uh, and to place your faith in Christ. Uh, as a believer now, someone who is in Christ, our desire should be to remain uh, to, to remain uh, apart from sin as much as possible. We know that we're not, we'll not be perfect until we're home with the Lord, but our desire should be to obey him. Our desire should be to constantly seek the Lord for grace to obey him. Why? Well, because we want to demonstrate love to him, and this is the way, this is the Lord's love language, if you will. This is the way that the Lord desires that his people demonstrate love to him through our obedience to his words. It's a tall order, but that should be our heart. That should be our heart. Uh, Pastor, I'm not sure I can. You're right, you can't. You need the Lord's help. You need his grace to obey him. And listen, please don't forget, when you fail, when you miss the mark, when you fall short, that's where you meet the unmerited favor type of grace, the grace that we do not deserve, the favor of God that is based on our faith in Christ and his shed blood. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Um, I'm going to stop there this morning. Um, it's a little early, but I'm going to stop there and come back next week and pick it up in verse 7 and start to look at um, this idea that uh, John raises regarding this false doctrine of Christ. So uh, let's stop there. Let's pray, and um, we'll close. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning for these words. Lord, for John's example, for John's example of love. And Lord, for John's willingness to share these words that you've given, a reminder, a reminder, Lord, that you've called us to not only love one another, but, Lord, to be in the business of loving you as well. And, Lord, to share the reminder that you desire that we love you by obeying you. Lord, I pray this morning that you give each of us a heart to do just that. Father, give us a heart to know your words and to obey your words. Lord, help us not to get caught up in the lie that we cannot obey, so we might as well not try. Lord, we understand this morning that in you, we could find grace, strength to live according to your words. And Lord, when we fail, we find the same grace that we met at the cross when we first came to Christ. Father, thank you. Lord, thank you. 
I pray this morning that you give us a heart to demonstrate love to you by obeying your command to love one another. Lord, even today, uh, Father, perhaps we could take a moment and pray, Lord, when I come into the 11 o'clock service today, would you give me an opportunity to demonstrate love to one of my fellow church members? Lord, would you give me a moment to share a, a, a brief uh, word or two of encouragement? Father, if you'll show me a need, would you give me a heart and the means to meet that need? Lord, help me this morning to demonstrate love to you by demonstrating love to others. Help me to do as John has done this morning. Lord, we'll need your grace, we'll need your strength. I know you desire to give it. I pray, Father, this morning as people come in, they'll, they'll come in with these words in mind. Not stay focused on difficulties, not stay focused on their own challenges. But Lord, look to you in love. And look to others in love. Father, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name.